Welcome to Fresh Takes on the Future of Work. We are focused on fresh perspectives from business and HR leaders about the future of work. FRESH is an acronym for freedom, resourcefulness, empathy, simplicity, and happiness. Values core to operating in the future of work. We'll tie back to these while exploring interesting stories and actionable ideas. Thanks for joining us. I'm Jess Pagoni, co-founder and CEO of Luna, a technology for the modern employer, enabling flexibility and choice that flexes as employees' needs evolve. Bottom line, we create alignment between work and life to attract, engage, and retain top talent in today's competitive market. Our guest today is Christy DePaul. Christy is an immigrant, a company founder, a mother, a language learner, a wife, a journalist, a joke teller, and the daughter of parents who left this world far too soon. Her life has taken a series of, at times, unexpected twists and turns, some of which have led down wonderful detours. Traveling through 50-plus countries has taught her much about our planet, but a whole lot more about people, the deep bonds we share across superficial lines, the lives we aim to lead, and the stories we tell to hold memories close. Her mission is to empower others to live the life they've envisioned. She has keynoted for audiences in the U.S., England, Germany, Israel, Kazakhstan, Malaysia, Singapore, South Korea, Thailand, and for many others around the world watching from their computers at home. Her specialties, all anchored in the future of work, include editorial strategy, blog management, article ghostwriting, social media campaigns, long-form collateral, website and presentation design, executive branding, and thought leadership efforts. Christy. Oh my goodness. Thank you for being here. Really excited to have you on the show today. Jess, thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate that intro. Thank you. Of course, of course. I didn't mention that you're published in HBR and you do writing for all sorts of other really prestigious publications. So I should add that in as well to your uh, list of accomplishments. Thank you so much. I, I do think what you read is probably the most important piece, but I appreciate that. Of course. Before we dive into the show today, why don't you tell us a little bit more about you and and your work with founders? Touching upon some of the things that you mentioned in my bio, I'm exceptionally passionate about how people can create opportunities for themselves and the ways in which technology and education can intersect to make that possible. And because of that, that's been a driving force throughout my career. So I previously worked as a communications pro for a number of nonprofits in the higher ed space and educational strategy and did a lot of international work. And there was always this through line, this personal mission, if you will, of helping others improve their lives through education and technology. When I was looking at ways that I could serve as many people as possible and do the greatest good, it became clear that starting my own company, this is Founders, would be a means for doing that. So Founders works with organizations supporting the future of learning and work. We've worked with organizations all over the world on different continents. We've worked with folks in the early learning and K-12 space up through higher ed and lifelong learning, and also HR tech, leadership and training. 
And we've produced communications that resonate with people and help them better understand the ways that they're able to really have agency and control over their lives, which is a major theme now in the future of work, to really deeply understand how they can continue to learn and grow since we're all entering a new world of work and a new era in which we're constantly being challenged and having to learn new things. Amazing. Your message there about wanting to, you know, how can you have the most impact to do the most good is so inspirational. And I just love how you put that, that like, what kind of good can you sprinkle around the world? And it's incredible to hear about the work that you've done. So thank you for sharing with us. So on the Fresh Takes show, we ask everyone the same five questions about the future of work. Are you ready, Christy, to dive in? Oh, I think I'm ready. Okay, it is time to get fresh. The first question we have for you today is how do you define the future of work? This is a fun question because I, and I like to give complicated answers that probably frustrate podcast hosts. The future of work, the sort of miracle of it and the wonderful, most inspirational part of it is it is being defined by each of us every single day as we are stepping into new roles, as people are growing into leadership. It's flexible, it's adaptable, and it is ever-changing. So what's exciting to me about the future of work is that there's no single definition, that every single person can define it for themselves, that every single person can walk into a future that could be of their own design. That part is really cool. So that's my frustrating answer, that there is no single definition. So my definition is that it is highly personal and something that everyone can create for themselves. I respect the answer. I do understand how complicated it is. And I like the I like the imagery of this is never ending. The future is always something in front of us that will continue to evolve and change. All right. So if I give you a magic wand right now and you can change any one thing about work life today, what would you change? So this, I think, is applicable to cultures outside the U.S., but I think especially U.S. work culture. I would love to see fewer of us leaning on productivity metrics and using busyness as a means for measuring success and what success looks like in our work lives. To me, it's not about how much you do. It's about the impact that you make. The old adage, work smart, not hard, exists for a reason. And something that I think about whenever it comes to like work and busyness and everyone sort of trying to tally up how much they've done is at the end of a year when people tend to show off how many books they've read. For moms of young kids, the thought of reading 100 books in a year, what luxury. Oh my goodness, to read four uh, adult books. So when I see that, I'm like, oh, unless we're talking board books, that is not possible. And by the (laughs) way, that's what I do in a typical day, 100 board books. So I'm thinking about, you know, in the future of work, what's a more meaningful KPI? And sometimes it might be more qualitative or difficult to measure. And I know that that's frustrating for people who especially are data-driven, but we have to acknowledge that nuance about life and that complexity. Something that just popped into my head was you often hear people say, you know, how are you? Oh, just like so busy. What if you couldn't use the word busy? And every time it was, you would say busy, it was just happy. Oh, I'm so happy. Things are really happy right now. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I'm going to interject now. When someone tells me they're busy, I'm going to say you have to at least use a different word. You cannot say busy. Yes. It has to be something else. Valuing busyness 
is the wrong thing to value. So though maybe we can measure that by how many meetings we had or how many books that we read, I am in agreement with you that we should not be measuring our effectiveness by that. Work smart, not hard. Okay, as for fresh takes, we've got freedom, resourcefulness, empathy, simplicity, and happiness. Which area do you see as the most pressing or important right now as we think about the evolving employer-employee dynamic, the future of work, and just kind of the global state of our world? I'm going to go with resourcefulness. I think that especially now in the time of the great resignation, one of the things that companies are dealing with is employee churn. They're losing people. There's turnover. There are a whole lot of people struggling with retention and finding talent. And it's very expensive and it's detrimental in so many ways to culture, morale, productivity, you name it. So when I think about resourcefulness, it's really about companies investing in people and helping their people to access information, to build connections with one another, and to essentially help their people become more resourceful. And if a company isn't doing that, then their competitors will be. And in terms of that, it's not about like a single role. It's about this is, I I think, across the board, it's industry agnostic, helping people become more resourceful in their roles will help companies to thrive as well. So there's a bottom line component to that as well. The working smarter, not harder comes into play here as well, that if we can be Hmm. resourceful and really lean into how can we deliver this in the most effective way or use the resources that we have or outsource what we can and prioritize ruthlessly, then you can really impact the bottom line. And likely lead to some of these other words, like make people happier, because now they they have the permission to be really resourceful and maybe just don't feel so burdened by other people's work that they're doing because the, the team is short-staffed. It allows for greater autonomy. And oh, by the way, the bottom line part is very nice, but it likely would also leave you with happier clients and customers. Yeah, resourcefulness. I love all five, obviously. I I created this acronym, but you're right. Not a lot of people choose it, but it's one of my favorite ones because I think it's the sleeper in here. I would agree. I will just add to that that I think some of the most successful professionals out there are the ones who are the most resourceful. And if a company can help people to flex that muscle, then they're doing themselves a big favor and they're also helping to develop their people. Yeah. So speaking of developing people... This leads us to our next question around leadership managers today. What advice would you give to managers who are leading teams? We already talked about the future of work and how it's this constant change and movement and fluidity. What advice would you have for leaders today in in navigating? I think today that leaders need to have really finely tuned attention toward burnout on their teams. I think it's something that a lot of people aren't necessarily looking out for or putting feelers out about, especially among distributed and remote teams. It can be quite hard to detect. And frankly, a lot of people don't want to raise their hand and say, I'm drowning over here, or I'm I just I'm getting really close to wanting to pull my hair out and you don't even know, boss, what's going on at home. I've got kids at home, or I have this stress happening or that stress. Right now, we are just in a pressure cooker. 
And the past couple of years have been the hardest in recent memory for pretty much everybody. And I think that leaders who aren't proactively looking out for signs of burnout among their team, that is a huge misstep. So I would advise them to reach out before things get tough. Be the person who is showing empathy and care before somebody raises their hand and says they need help. Because first of all, it will build an environment of the kind of psychological safety where people feel it's okay to admit that kind of vulnerability. And it will probably save you a lot of headaches later if we're speaking really practically from a talent management perspective. Fewer people will need to take time off or maybe they'll they'll just feel more supported in their role and they'll be able to stay at the same level of output and maybe even do more. I think that's wonderful advice. And as I reflect on burnout in this time period, you know, over the last couple of years or even even before from a both a personal perspective in my own burnout and other people I've led, the burnout can often kind of sneak up on you. It's like this sleeper until it smacks you in the face and you're like, I have reached that breaking point. And so what you're saying is get to them before the breaking point, release some of that pressure and open up the pressure valve, release that steam, whatever analogy you want to draw, but kind of deflate the balloon a bit to say, Mm -hmm. let's talk about the stress or the challenges you're facing and how we can better support you. It sounds like that's what you're, you're recommending. Try to keep that part of the ongoing dialogue. Absolutely. Let's normalize conversations where we can talk about hard things and we don't have to pretend like we are rock stars or superstars or, you know, whatever else, whatever other language appears in like hustle culture and yes. people who claim that productivity is like the on That's my favorite. Yeah. Ninjas. Ninjas. <laughs> exactly. Okay. My final question for you today is about a company you admire for their fresh take. There are so many companies out there. I've interviewed a lot of people from different startups, especially in the HR tech space. One that comes to mind just off the top of my head is called Juno Journey. And they're, I think they're currently based out of Israel and they um, enable companies to onboard folks and take them through the entire employee lifecycle and give them sort of a roadmap for how to add skills and grow and change in their roles and achieve promotions within the company. So like a roadmap that otherwise would be a black box. And I think that's just really cool, that level of transparency, but also the investment in employees. And it's something that's very much needed right now. Really love what they're doing, how they're talking about it, and the fact that they're using it internally as well. As I would expect any good HR tech company to do, you should be drinking your own champagne. (laughs) Of course, of course. So Juno Journey, we'll have to check them out. I love yeah. the, it's your map. It's where, where are you headed? And, and my guess is that it, even if you decide you want to change something on it, you can adjust it to meet revised goals and whatnot. So I, I, I'm excited to check them out. And thank you for sharing about Juno Journey here. My pleasure. Christy, it has been wonderful to have you on the show today. I am in awe of all the things that you do and deliver to the world. So thank you for spending some time on the podcast to uh, share more with us. Jess, thank you so much. I hear the pitter-patter of little feet heading my way, so I'm very glad we haven't been interrupted up to this point. And just thank you so much for hosting this podcast and all that you're doing. I've listened to some of the other episodes and they're really compelling. So I appreciate the opportunity to be here. 
Oh my gosh, of course. Thank you for joining us. And thanks to everyone else for listening in. Don't forget to stay fresh. <laughs>